Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. I thank you for every soul in this room. Lord, um, you know exactly what's going on in each of our lives, and uh, you are, are still the one who blesses us, and we thank you. Um, would you come and be our teacher this morning? Would you send your Holy Spirit into each of us so that we might know you better? And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All righty. Now i got to put glasses on with it, too. This is just going to be key. Okay. Um, as I was trying to decide what I wanted to talk to you about today, I kept going back to Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal and thinking about blessing and curse. I felt sure I was supposed to make two mountains, which I did, but had no clue what I was supposed to do with them. Um, so let's see what I learned through this experience. Follow along as I read Deuteronomy eleven twenty six through 29. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way I am commanding you today to go after other gods that you have not known. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take possession of it, you shall set the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curse on Mount Ebal. So from this we understand that obedience brought blessing and disobedience brought curse. But before we get into this, let's all make sure we're on the same page and let's define some words. Blessing is a thing conducive to happiness or welfare. Here, it is what God, God promised to his people if they obeyed. Curse means to curse, to cause persistent suffering. And it's found in contexts in which warnings are given to God's people so that the divine curse may be avoided. God is the initiator of both of these. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God's blessing and cursing release divine power which could bring to pass the content of the blessing or the curse. Okay, then let's look at obedience. Obedience is a bending to the authority or control of another. Compliance, submission, adherence to a custom, rule, or law. And then we have disobedience. That's refusal to obey. Defiance, contrariness, rebellion. These two are an act of the will of the people. So from these definitions, we see the age-old battle being set up between the word of God on one hand and the will of the people on the other. Now, before we turn our attention to Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal, you'll be interested to know that there was a natural amphitheater between these two mountains, and the city of Shechem was there. 
Of course, then I was curious to remember what happened at Shechem. And here are three of the highlights that I found. The first one, Abraham camped at the Oak of Moray in Shechem when he entered Canaan, and there God confirmed the promise to give the land to him. Isn't it interesting that about 700 years later, here we are, the children of Israel are ready to go into the promised land at the same spot. Wow. The second thing I found was that Jacob had settled there, and he dug a well. Did you know that this is the exact same well where Jesus talked to the Samaritan woman in John 4? And at that very place, many, many Samaritans came to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And then the third thing I found was Joseph was buried there. Now, you remember that Joseph was responsible for bringing Jacob's family of 70 into Egypt during the famine, where they would grow to be about 2 million souls after 400 years of captivity. Genesis 50, 24 says, Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will visit you and will bring you up out of this land to the land that he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. The children of Israel have kept his bones all these years, carried them with him all through the wilderness wandering, and did indeed bury them in Shechem. And now we see God instructing the nation that he had promised to Abraham, telling them to go to Shechem and recite the blessings and the curses of the Mosaic Law on two mountains. As I did my research, I found some conflicting thoughts about these two mountains. But over and over again, the Jewish traditions, the rabbis, and even a 12th century traveler all agreed that at that time, these two mountains would have looked remarkably different. There's even a painting by a Jewish painter which supports this tradition, and I have used that painting as my inspiration for my mountains. <laughs> so here we have our two mountains, Mount Gerizim, which was to hold the blessing, and Mount Ebal, which was to hold the curse. According to Rabbi Moses Basola, who lived from 1480 to 1560, he reported, on Mount Gerizim, there are many trees and springs while Mount Ebal is completely desolate. And another rabbi said, there are springs and wells on Mount Gerizim, and it is always blessed with an abundance of water. In contrast, Mount Ebal was always dry. And an archaeologist wrote, Mount Gerizim was chosen to be the Mount of Blessing thanks to the abundant springs arising at its feet. And as it is located on the right South of Shechem, it is the blessed side. Hmm. Then in Deuteronomy 11.30, Moses gives us directions to get to this place. Are they not beyond the Jordan, west of the road, toward the going down of the sun in the land of the Canaanites who live in the Arabah, opposite Gilgal, beside the oak of Moray? 
That's the same spot Abraham camped at when he came into the land of Canaan. God confirmed the promise to him 700 years before. Whoa. But I was getting confused. All right, we got north, south, east, west, right. And I said, that's Ebal. That's the curse. How can that be? So I thought and thought, and then I realized I am standing on the other side of the Jordan River. When I cross over the Jordan, go through Shechem to the promised land where all of you are, and I turn toward the rising sun, the blessing is on the right. I don't know what I just did, and I'm so sorry. And in scripture, the right is associated with blessings from God's right hand. It's the side of favor, the side of blessing. So, oh goodness, did I do that? I'm sorry. Props, yes it is. (laughs) So true, so true, so true. So I believe God, who created all things and is sovereign over all things. Oh, geez. Okay, God, you're sovereign over all things. Could you please make this stand up for me? Please, please, please. Maybe we'll hold it. Um, Had chosen these two mountains to be object lessons, to remind the children of Israel what would happen to them when they obeyed or disobeyed. Why is this happening? It did not happen any other time. Um, now, I'm sorry. This, this, this is why I asked for a lapel mic, because it won't stay on my ear. I don't think I have enough ear to hold it. I am so sorry. Okay, keep in mind that all of this is about their promised land which was a land flowing with milk and honey. So what better illustration for God to make his point than a well-watered mountain versus a desolate mountain? So you had Mount Gerizim. They would have blessing and abundance of all they would need in their new land if they obeyed. And you have Mount Ebal, where uh, they would experience God's curse and desolation and loss of all they would need in their new land if they disobeyed. And specifically in 1128, they would be cursed if they were to go after other gods that you have not known. Now we read over and over in chapter 12, they were to worship in one place that the Lord would choose. Well, why? Because they were not to imitate the Canaanites who had shrines and altars and gods and goddesses and even offered their own children as sacrifices. In chapter 13, they were instructed to purge the evil from their midst if any of their people tried to entice them to go after other gods. That seems so harsh to us. Why? Because God knew his children. He knew they could easily be led astray. He knew they would easily forget. So he gave them a picture of what would happen when they strayed. History tells us that they did forget, and they did go after other gods, and they did experience the loss of their promised land. 
Well, we can all sit here smugly and say, what were they thinking? I mean, all they had to do was remain faithful to God and obey him, and everything would have been fine. But then I have to reflect on my own life, and I have to confess to you that I, too, have had idols that I have worshipped. My husband, my children, affluence, and shopping, just to name a few. Um, This summer, we downsized from a huge home to a smaller but very lovely home. And it was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. And you say, why? Because I was being forced to get rid of two-thirds of my stuff in a very short period of time. I was angry and resentful and overwhelmed and sad and exhausted and depressed and didn't really think I was going to be able to even get it done. As I prayed and prayed and begged God for strength and mercy, I felt he showed me just how attached I had become to my stuff. I'm just going to hold this baby. Um, Stuff that I had accumulated and really hadn't even used that often. Ladies, I was heartbroken. But God, in his mercy and grace, did give me the strength to get through it, and now I'm very nicely settled and happy. But I have to say, in the middle of all this, I felt cursed. Cursed because of my sin and my greed and my selfishness. It was all because of me. But was I really? Are we to worry about being cursed by God today? Let's go back to our mountains and see what we can learn. In Deuteronomy 27 and Joshua 8, we get some more information about what was to happen on these two mountains when the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan to claim their promised land. Joshua built an altar on Mount Ebal, It was an altar to the Lord, and they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. The tribes of Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin were stationed. I wonder if I could just, can you hear me if I really talk loud? Can you hear me okay? Because this is driving me crazy, and it's just ruining the whole presentation. Oh, well, it won't. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. And the tribes of Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulon, Dan, and Naphtali were stationed on. So this is going to be really hard to do with no hands. On Mount Ebal. The Levites stood in the valley in between, and declared to all the men of Israel in a loud voice all the cursing and blessing, curses and blessings. Then the people would shout, Amen, or so be it to me after the curses. By the way, in 1879, there was an acoustical experiment that was conducted in this amphitheater, and they found that 
the uh, amphitheater amplified all the voices of the Israelites so that they could have been heard all over. And it was one mile from the top of this mountain to the top of this mountain. And they would be able to hear because of that natural amphitheater that God created. All right, let's see if we can apply this to ourselves and make any sense of it. Ladies, the only curse that we are under today is the one that God gave in the Garden of Eden. Sin broke the relationship we had with our Holy Father, so we are all under the curse of the law, which shows us our sin and leads us to death. In Galatians 3.10 we read, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So I submit to you that spiritually speaking, we are blessed to be living between Mount Calvary and Mount Zion. Let me explain. So you have Jesus, who just happened to be from the tribe of Judah, which just happened to be stationed on the Mount of Blessing, come into the world to bless us by being the curse for us. In Galatians 3.13, it tells us that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Jesus was the final sacrifice, our curse bearer. He was crucified on Mount Calvary, was buried and rose on the third day. He conquered death so that we who believe in him might live with him eternally. And, as we read in Revelation 14, Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him a hundred and forty-four thousand, who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Ladies, that's you and me. And furthermore, it says, And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the old things have passed away. We may mess up and have to bear the consequences of our sin, but if we are his, we are no longer cursed. We are blessed for eternity. Thank you, Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, it is so hard for us to grasp how great and mighty you are. You have a plan and have worked out the intricate details of that plan since the creation of the world. You overwhelm us with your grace and your mercy. Thank you. Thank you for redeeming us and blessing us. May we live lives that would glorify you. Help us to be a blessing to others and to show them our greatest blessing. 
your son, Jesus. And it is in his mighty name that we come before you. And all God's people said, Amen.